0: So here at The Way, one of, our goal, one of our things is that we want you to know God. And so two, we feel there's two main ways that God will speak to you. One is through his word, and one is through the Holy Spirit. I'm going to talk today about the word itself. I'll probably end up touching on the Holy Spirit too, but the plan is to talk about the word. A few weeks back, I think it was in January, Tim talked about the importance of the Word and how important it is and how we take for granted what, it, what people have suffered and what people have gone through just so that we can read this and so we get to know the good message. I personally have a very close relationship with my Bible, and because I can, I will embarrass kids. I have like some of the favorite birthday cards ever from my kids that they made in the front of my Bible. So if I lost this, it really would be a problem. (laughs) So let's pray. Jesus, connect the thoughts that your message may be conveyed. In Jesus' name. So I'm going to start this off. It really will connect in, but I love Marvel movies. Does anyone else? I mean, I I love them. I I have two favorite characters. I love Captain America and I love Thor. I feel like I am the most like Captain America, but probably just before he gets the serum. (laughs) (laughs) So my point is, what I love about the Marvel movies is how they're all tied together and how they all connect. I love how this, when the storylines line up and everything, it's, I just love that. But if you know a lot about them, there are times where there are things that don't quite line up. If I was to ask my son, he would be able to give you lots of examples of that. I don't have those examples. But, Owen. Oh, Think how much money was spent to produce those movies and like how much time and everything was put into the production of those movies. Now I wanna compare that to the Bible. I know there's been a lot of people that have gone into the contribution to make this. What I am in awe of is the connections in the Bible. As I talked about the connections in the Marvel movies, in the Bible, there are 63,779 cross-references throughout. I think there's an image that we can put up that this is like a pictorial graph of showing all of those connections. 63,779. And it's not just connected in only the Old Testament or just the New Testament, it's all throughout. So no man could possibly have done that. (laughs) I mean, it was written in a time span over a thousand years of 40 different authors who range from rich, to poor, all different walks of life, and spoke. it was written in three different languages, Hebrew, Greek, and Aramaic. Throughout the whole Bible, with all the different authors and everything, God's character is the same and is consistent all throughout. His character never changes. That consistency is what points to one author so we believe 3 three things about the Bible. One, the first thing is that it is inspired by God. Now, as I think about that, I, you know, I have to no. We believe the Bible was God-inspired. And by God-inspired, we mean that God is the author. They're his words. They're not just his thoughts or his general ideas and that people took the liberty to write their own way. We feel that it is God's word. Second Timothy 3.16.17 All scripture is God-breathed and useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, training, in righteousness so that the man of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. So, one, I, I love that passage, but what I, I know that it's been used to teach me, the word has been used to rebuke me, and it has been, I feel that it, I believe that it is God-breathed. Now, when, when we talk about God-breathed, you know, some people are like, well, what do you mean by that? If you want to convey a message, if you want to talk, you have to force air through your vocal cords. Just like that, the Holy Spirit came through with his message to the people to convey. So as the authors of the Bible wrote, the Holy Spirit was behind that. So when we say God breathed, I, I was talking this through, I think, with my wife the other day, and. I'm thinking, you know, it wasn't just that it was his thoughts and the people were, you know, writing the message. And I, of course, do like air keyboard stuff. And then it's like, oh, wait, they would have used a different way of writing. (laughs) So the second thing that we believe about the Bible is that it's inerrant. This means that it's without error. So we believe that the Bible is without error. And if there are contradictions, it's likely our misinterpretation of that. The Bible is without error, period. Mm-hmm. Second Peter three fifteen sixteen. 16. Bear in mind that our Lord's patience means salvation, just as our dear brother Paul also wrote you with the wisdom that God gave him. He writes the same way in all his letters, speaking in them of these matters. His letters contain some things that are hard to understand, which people distort, as they do other scriptures to their own destruction. So here, there's a couple things. One, he's already proclaiming Paul's writings to be scripture. Two, he's talking about how people will distort it and misinterpret that. The third thing that we believe about the Bible is that it is infallible. I had to look that one up because I had to, I actually had to look that one up like, what does that mean? So it means that it's incapable of error. So not only is the Bible without error, it's incapable of error. God gave his laws direct words for his people and he does not lie. In Hebrews 16 through 18, men swear by someone greater than themselves and the oath confirms what is said and puts an end to all argument. Because God wanted to make the unchanging nature of his purpose to be very clear to his heirs of what was promised, he confirmed it with an oath. God did this so that by two unchangeable things in which it is impossible god to lie we have fled to take hold of the hope offered to us may be greatly encouraged god doesn't lie his word is true it's true all the way through the beginning to the end so as people what do we do in court where do you put your hand you have to swear in the bible you swear by some, they'll have you swear by something that is greater than you are, because your word isn't enough, but his is. Samuel fifteen twenty-nine. It says, He who is the glory of Israel does not lie or change his mind, for he is not a human being that he should change his mind. I, uh, I love the times where it just says that God doesn't lie and that he doesn't change his mind. How many people do you know that have never lied or that don't change their mind? <laughs> so to believe these things about the Bible, we have to, be, uh, we have to first believe that there is a God, I would imagine most of us here believe that. But not only do you have to believe in God, you have to believe God. You can't just believe in him. Even the enemy believes in him. But you have to believe him and believe what he says. So by doing that, we are called to have faith. So part of no... I can point out scriptures that say that God doesn't lie and that God doesn't change, but you have to believe it. You can't just go by those references. So a lot of believing those three things about the Bible is impacted by faith. Now I'm gonna read a long passage. I cut it down because I really wanted to read a lot more, but I'm going to read Hebrews 11, 1 through 12. Should have marked the page. All right, Hebrews 11, 1 through 12. (laughs) Now faith is being sure of what we hope for and certain of what we do not see. This is what the ancients were commended for. By faith we understand that the universe was formed at God's command so that what was seen was not made out of what was visible. I think back to when Brady spoke. I was was knocked out by that. That was a pretty good message, man. By faith, Abel offered God a better sacrifice than Cain did. By faith, he was commended as a righteous man. When God spoke well of his offerings, And by faith, he still speaks, even though he is dead. By faith, Enoch was taken from this life so that he could not experience death. He could not be found because God had taken him away. For before he was taken, he was commended as one who pleased God. And without faith, it is impossible to please God because anyone who comes to him must believe that he exists and he rewards those who earnestly seek him. By faith, Noah, when warned about things not yet seen, in holy fear, built an ark to save his family. By his faith, he commended the world, I'm sorry, condemned, not commended, he condemned the world and became heir of the righteousness that comes by faith. By faith, Abraham, when called to go to a place, he would later receive as his inheritance, obeyed and went, even though he did not know where he was going. By faith, he made his home in the promised land, like a stranger in a foreign country. He lived in tents, as did Isaac and Jacob, who were heirs with him of the same promise. For he was looking forward to the city with foundations, whose architect and builder is God. By faith, Abraham, even though he was past age and Sarah herself was barren, was unable to become a father because he considered himself faithful who had made the promise. And so from this one man and he as good as dead came descendants as numerous as the stars in the sky and as countless as the sand in the seashore. I'm in awe of like the, the faith of some of these people. I'm sorry. I'm in awe of some of these people. I I wish that I had faith like that. I mean, going to a land you don't know, you're going to live in a tent. These men didn't get to see the fulfillment of the promise that God made for them. And in this life, we don't always get to see that promise of what God has promised us. Yeah. But his word is true yeah. and he does not lie. So we know that we can count on what God says to us. Um, so back in Hebrews 11, 11 6, and without faith, it is impossible to please God because anyone who comes to him must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who earnestly seek him. One of the best ways to earnestly seek him is spend time in the word. So one of the ways we can seek him is to read his word, spending time in his word other religions, like in Eastern religions, they'll focus on clearing your mind. You'll always hear that in a statement, you know, clear your mind, clear this, so you can focus on, I don't know, nothingness. But in Christianity, that's not what we're, we're called to do. We're called to fill our mind, to fill our mind with his word and meditate on it. The more word you get in your head, and in your thoughts, the better. Yeah. This makes me think of a, a saying that my dad used to make. If you, if you would have met my dad, I would make a lot more sense. <laughs> my dad was a dog trainer, and he would teach classes on how to train dogs. And one of the things he would talk about first was how you need a good leash for your dog. And so he would talk about that. And then after he had talked about that and all the different equipment that you might need, he would say the best leash you're going to ever get on your dog is between their ears. The training that, and learning that goes into them is what will teach them and be the best leash. I think that's a lot like us. The more we get in our head, the closer we're going to stay to our master. the Bible, the times where God gets angry, I noticed the first time, the first time I can notice in the Bible that he gets angry is when he speak, talking to Moses and Moses doesn't believe him. Moses didn't believe that God could use him to speak to Pharaoh. How many times have you not believed God? How many times have you told God that you can't? I know I'm ashamed of how many times I've said that. I can't do this. I can't do that, God. My family knows that God has been working on me to strike the word never from my vocabulary. Every time I use that, I have to eat that. I said I could never teach young children I was an early childhood teacher teaching three-year-olds through kindergarten for 15 years. I said, I can't take care of old people. I could never work in a nursing home. I could never do any of that. In about 2015, God called me to leave my job, which I'm a consistent person. I show up. I do what I'm supposed to do and I had to leave middle middle of the year, which was a very difficult thing. I was leaving to take care of Amy's grandfather. This man was a very kind, gentle person. And I'm like, God, I can't, I can't do this. He called me to do that. So finally, after saying no several times, I did. And it was one of the hardest things that I've ever had to do. Here was a man who had watched our kids, loved our kids, and now needed his basic needs taken care of by another. I can tell you all sorts of things. I know God's word is true. There's over, there's at least 10 times in the Bible where someone has been raised from the dead In the summer of 2016, we were at Amy's family's lake house. We were floating out at the end of the pier, just relaxing, it was beautiful. Our kids were out tubing, playing, we were having a great time. Our neighbors pulled up in their boat and you know, big waves came along. Amy's grandfather had said he was thinking about getting out and so we're like, okay, well, we'll, we'll do that in just a minute. We'll get that, hold on. So the kids get off the tubes, and there's just a lot of commotion going on. And then our neighbor says, Hey, isn't that your grandpa's hat over there? And my thought was, Oh, yeah, it is. I'll get it in a minute. Now, mind you, the water's churned up, so I'm not really looking. And so I take off and swim over and bump into something. It was her grandpa. He just drowned. As we pulled him up onto the pier, he was purple, not breathing, no heartbeat. I remember praying, God, I don't know what to do right now. My mother-in-law amazingly started CPR. And as well as a neighbor's friend. The uh, paramedics got there right away, and they said, there's no, there's no real hope. Um, took him to the hospital. We went to the hospital, and they had us meet with the um, chaplain. And so we were sitting in this special room, waiting and talking with the chaplain, and they finally have us go back to see her grandpa, who starts talking to us. One of our prayers for years had been that he would get saved, and he hadn't. Two weeks after the drowning, he asked us, how do you become part of that club? (laughs) (laughs) That was a faith builder. I already knew what the word said But that was a faith builder. Rachel, would you come? More recently, (laughs) more recently, I felt God was telling me that I was going to have to speak. And I said, God, I can't, I can't do that. Not in front of adults. I can talk in front of kids. Give me 300, 400 kids. I will talk to them. I will will do whatever, but not adults. You have to believe that God wants to speak to you. Which we think the main way that he does that is through the Bible, his word if we don't believe what God has said and what he said he's going to do, we're no better than the lost world around us. You also have to believe that God wants to have a personal relationship with you. You can do that by one, reading the word, and two, knowing the Holy Spirit. So, it sounds so cliche and corny, but I, I still love it. One of the first verses I ever memorized after I got saved was John three sixteen, For God so loved the world that he gave his only son that whosoever believes in him shall not perish but have everlasting life. He wouldn't have done something so difficult or with such a great cost if we didn't mean something to him. So, as... Sorry. Jesus didn't die just for a few of us. He didn't die just for me. He didn't die just for Pastor Tim. He didn't die for just the people sitting here in the church. He calls us to go out and share the good word, the good news with those. It's up to them to decide. So I guess my challenge to you is how is God asking you to step out in faith? How is he, What is he asking you to do that you've said, I can't? find when I say that I can't, it's usually something I'm supposed to do. Whether for me sometimes it's just going over and talking to someone new or getting up here today and speaking. (laughs) We have a great way coming up for you to be able to step out and share the word. for your precious son. And Jesus, I thank you for the opportunity to share your word with others. I thank you that you want to have a personal relationship with me and with everyone, Lord. In Jesus' name.